Hey, what's going down? Thank you for listening to another episode of Messages of Hope by the Recovery Pod. I just want to take this time to talk about how much our thoughts, our cravings, our impulses in recovery are lies. You know, our mind is going to play tricks with us in ways that we've never experienced before because in our active addiction, right? You know, we had all these same things happening. They just all became reasons to use, you know, excuses to use. And, you know, the mind tries to make sense of the world, of the way we feel, you know, it even tries to make sense of some of our thoughts. Like we can have a thought and then we can have a thought after the thought to make sense of the thought, you know, and we just got to be aware of this in recovery because these are the same things that are going to make us call that friend, you know, make us say, well, you know, I never really had a problem with this substance and try to convince us why it's okay that we use, you know, even when it comes to some medications, like I'm kind of experiencing some of this right now where, you know, I feel like I could very easily qualify for having ADHD and some medications for ADHD I have used in the past, not to the point of severe misuse, right? So this is something I struggle with in recovery sometimes where I'm like, oh, you know, I can really feel some benefits here to using something like this because I didn't misuse it. And then my brain starts listing off reasons why I didn't use that drug to a problem state like I did other drugs. Like, well, I only took one. Well, I, you know, went to work. Well, I I did things and thought clear. I'm only seeing the benefits when I think like that, right? Not really taking into factor (laughs) all the other substances I was doing to like kind of neutralize the effect of that one to certain points. Like, yeah, sure. I take it in the morning and I get going and I'm zooming through the day. And I'm not shy and I'm talking a lot and I'm not overthinking and I'm focused. And, you know, I'm so focused that I write lists of my favorite rappers in a row like 10 times a day. Okay. I'm super focused of getting things done that really don't matter. You know, on top of other things, there are benefits, right? There's costs and benefits to use on all sides. However, what I'm talking about is this this voice in my head, this reasoning, if you will, that that occurs when I'm thinking of the substance. When I'm not thinking of it, I'm good. Do I have some, you know, spaciness in recovery? Sure. Do I not have the hyper focus that I would have? And 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 it's prime moments, right? When I think of my past use, I'm not thinking of everything. I'm not thinking of the times when I also was spacey on this substance. I'm not thinking of the times where it did over affect me a little bit. I'm not thinking of things like, yeah, you know, well, I talked a lot and I was super focused, but also guess what? I had no emotions. I had no soul. I cut people off. I talk about about a bunch of gibberish. I didn't have a filter because I didn't have much discernment in what I said because I was so unfiltered autopilot in the moment, if you will. Right. So like there's a whole picture here. That when I get to thinking about why it's okay I can use, I don't think of these other things, right? That's my disease talking. 
you know, and, and I'm going to be honest, when I entertain the thought of getting on a prescription like that, it very, very quickly turns into, well, I could see myself needing a little bit of this to kind of curve that at night to calm down. That might not be the worst thing in the world, right? And here we go. Here we go. Like I'm going full on, like back into entertaining addiction, you know? So these same thoughts, right? They're going to make us think like, oh, I can use this substance, but not that one. Okay. If you're being honest with yourself, it depends. So it depends on what you're defining as functioning addict, right? And that's a whole nother talk. But I'll talk about that next, you know, next episode. So when we're thinking about like, what is the end game? What is the goal? Like, what's the scope you're looking at? Are you looking at like quality of life improvement? Are you talking about like, just, I want to stay out of jail and out of overdose territory. I want to like not spend all my money and be strung out, nodding out in the middle of the day. Like, sure, some other substances will probably leave you in an area where you feel like, hey, this isn't that bad, right? But don't you want more than that? You know, do you even believe more than that is possible and enjoyable? Because I do. And, and thankfully, it's because I've experienced that in recovery. That when I got sober, I was like, you know... I'm going to go ahead and just leave it all alone. Like I had a, I had a list of things I didn't want to fuck with anymore. That one thing I was still very much stuck on. Right. But then with things like alcohol, I was like, I mean, it's legal, you know, it's not really the biggest problem. I drink once, maybe every three to six months, have a good time, not go overboard, not get in trouble, you know, wake up with a hangover, not want to do it again for three to six months. Right. But I gave myself that chance because I know me. I know me. And if I would have got sober, clean, you know, off those substances, but still allowed myself to drink sometimes, I would drink way more often than three months. Trust me. When someone pissed me off, when it was time to loosen up and my social skills weren't where I wanted them to be, I would find hella reasons to get smashed. I know I would. And when I'm smashed, I will do those other drugs that I put down because I'm not thinking clearly, right? And thank God that I had that, I gave myself that chance because then it left me enough space and sobriety to go through some hard times, to get to a good emotional regulation, to get my sleep patterns under control, to go into some social situations, you know, and learn how to adjust naturally, it's still not always like flipping a switch. Some days I'm just off, right? And it sucks, but acceptance helps with that. Um, Sometimes I have trouble sleeping, you know, I probably would have turned to alcohol if I would have kept that as an option. But now I've learned to, I've really learned to like fall asleep better, you know, whether that's listening to meditation or even just sometimes without anything, you know? And I say all that to say, All these things come from the mind. You know, they all come from these narratives we tell ourselves of why it is, why it's okay for us to entertain these thoughts and go back to it. And we have to be careful with how much we entertain the thoughts. You know, when I have these thoughts of like, oh, I kind of want to get back on medicine, right? And I dismiss it. It's a short-lived, it's a short-lived craving. Doesn't it's it's a short-lived like trigger, right? Thought that barely turns into an actual craving. 
You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, here, here, here. I'm going to leave that alone. You know, but when I, when I go down that road a little too far and I maybe, you know, talk with other people about it, it's okay to talk about the trigger. Like, that's cool. It kind of diffuses it. But when I talk about it, like, you know, desire way, like, you know, I've kind of been wanting this. Uh, these are the reasons why I think it's not the biggest deal. And now I'm feeding it. Right. And that for real, like that shit grows in me. You know, these same things like, well, I just want to reach out to my, my old buddies. You know, they're, they're good people. They're not bad. I mean, they never treated me that bad when we were in addiction. I mean, they look out for me when I was doing bad. Now they're doing bad. I got to look out for them. He let me crash on his couch when I was down, you know, and now he needs a place to stay. I shouldn't, it would be actually a nice thing to do is let him live with me. I'd actually be kind of fucked up if I don't. That's my disease talking. You know, it wants to get me close to it. It wants to sneak right back into my life. And, you know, shit, man, I'd rather give my homie a couple hundred dollars for a hotel for the night, you know, figure shit out. Because they're going to kick you out. You know, you might come to my house for two or three days and end up staying for three years. You know, and that's that's not that I don't want to help people at all. It's that I cannot allow myself... I don't have the luxury of getting too close to this disease to help people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have the luxury to be like, yeah, you know, you use, come on around me. You know, I don't have the luxury to fuck with some medications that may provide some benefits. If they're narcotics and going to give me an effect that is going to reawaken my beast mode. Because it will. And I will sink my teeth into it and not let go. I know myself. I know myself still. And you know, sometimes just seeing how quickly these thoughts manifest and take hold of me is enough to show me that that addict inside of me is very much still alive. Because just how quickly entertaining a thought can become a craving, can become an obsession, like it's heavy. So what in what in the world makes me think that I'm not really going to like full on obsess if I start using something again. If I start getting the effects of something that I like, I'm going to keep going for it and want and want. So I just wanted to talk about this real quick. This was on my mind. This is the kind of stuff I'm going to do with this channel. So, hey, I hope you got something from it. Appreciate you for listening.